Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Atlanta Business Radio. This is, of course, a very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio. We are broadcasting live from Georgia State University Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute. Lee, this is our fourth episode of the day. I know you got to be worn out. I'm fired up. This is the most important episode. I agree, man. You look great. You sound great. I think you're ready to have a good time. But uh, a lot of pressure. I mean, you got a lot of folks in the room taking pictures, taking uh, notes. It's real now. They're probably videoing and <laughs> tweeting and all that all stuff. All kinds of stuff's happening. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. First up on this final episode today, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast founder and CEO with Skylar Security, Miss Jameen Moten. How are you? I am phenomenal. Thank you for having us here. Well, Jameen, uh, the whole group of you are here because you're panelists at the Women in Entrepreneurship event that's happening later today, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Very excited to be there. Tell us about it. What, what's that event like? So uh, I have um, been an entrepreneur for, um, full-time entrepreneur for about a year. I um, started my business five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so entrepreneurship is something that's very dear to my heart. Um, and I look forward to sharing some of those Secret things that um, has uh, that we failed in, things that we've succeeded in. Um, just really looking forward to the opportunity to share some of those nuggets with the students and those attendees. Now, did you have a mentor in your entrepreneurship journey? Oh Were there people that helped you? Oh my goodness, I I couldn't be here without them. Um, having a mentor, having that person that helps you save some of those bruises that mm-hmm. they've experienced has been a game changer for us. Um, I'm, I'm lucky, blessed, um, that right before I, I tend to start a large venture, um, I tend to look for someone that's been in the industry that can kind of help guide a little bit, and that's been pretty amazing. So tell us about uh, Skylar Security. How are you serving folks? Well, um, let's, the short version. Let's, let's start when I was in high school. I was a bully's bully. Um, and I took very, very good pride in that. Um, what is it? You used say, to what bully is a bully? I used to bully the bully, and I took pride <laughs> in it. So I tell people, even in my adult life, I, I still have a tendency to do that. Don't bother me. Don't mess with the people that um, need advocacy. Um, so even when I was in high school, I was a bully's bully. So I became a police officer uh, about five years ago um, and saw a need in the industry to offer quality security services. Okay, what does that mean? Um, when you look at the security guard, you should, we call them providers. When you look at the security guard, you should feel safe. Um, you should feel the same way you feel when you look at a police officer. Um, the pride that I get when I walk around on my badge um, should be the same pride that a security guard should have. Unfortunately, that does not occur. Um, can you imagine in roll call all of the jokes and the um, the banter that I received when they found out that I started a security company. Um, but I had to quickly tell them that we're a non-traditional security company, very much like a hospitality company. Um, and so we are doing some very innovative, cutting-edge things in the industry, um, and we're very, very excited about it. I resigned as a police officer last February uh, from the Clayton County Police Department. A lot of really good years there. Learned a lot about community and um, just really get into the heart of what security is. Security is an emotion to us. 
not a business. And we feel that everyone deserves to be safe. And so from that premise, we say yes to just about everything. Price is not as valuable as it may seem it is. Um, because at the end of the day, if somebody calls you for security, you should probably say yes to that. So now, what does your client look like? Who is a, a client of yours? Is it an individual? Is it a company? Is it a you know organization? So, yeah, good question. So we're full service. So we service individuals. Um, I started off the business as a bodyguard. Um, I stand here, six hundred, not as tall as you are, my brother. I'm not but that tall. I am six. I am <laughs> I'm sitting down. We're all the same height. I heard you were six down. four. Um, uh, back in the day, <laughs> my uncles are six four. I'm six foot, um, sitting here at two hundred eighty pounds. So I'm not a small girl. Um, and so I started the business off uh, as the lead of a full service female um, executive protection bodyguard agency, and saw the opportunity and just started scaling now we serve businesses individuals um, franchises um, all over the US so we not only service the metro Atlanta area um, class A buildings um, project based um, request um, businesses homeowners association condos high-end high-rises um, and the other um, niche that we really really like is let's say something happened to your garage door in your condo and all of a sudden your home and everything is open to the elements what we're really good at is quick response time so you can call me and I'll put a team together and a lot of times my clients will call me and ask me for something and I'll say okay when do you need it and then I get that awkward pause and then I say, okay, they need it as Don't soon as possible. Say now? <laughs> Isn't the answer always now? That's how I started the business, and I can't, I cannot get away from it. So we decided to create a niche for it. So we we now specialize in quick mobilization. So our quickest one was actually Friday, and we were able to turn a team around in one hour. And that's that's we've worked for years to figure out that system and process. And so now we're really really good at it. So now. Um going from being a police officer to being an entrepreneur with different skill sets right yes. there's yeah. a lot of moving parts there's moving, moving parts in, in both oh but goodness. in entrepreneurship there's things oh like you think the work is the job but it's really more complex than that right. right it's it's being a leader it's identifying talent who's a good fit who's not it's finding selling it's finding opportunities and persuading them to spend money with mm -hmm. you there's there's a lot of things that maybe you're not taught at school how to no. do a lot of those things, right? Right. So I went to Clemson University, um, played basketball and ran track. So I'm an athlete at heart, um, seven-time Hall of Famer. So I'm a, a high-energy athlete at heart, right? So then I became a police officer, another high-energy uh, type of business. Um, never went to business school, um, just specialized in people and just specialize in taking care of people and protecting them. When I left, you know, I wore a vest to work for five years. I wasn't scared of a lot. Um, the day I resigned, all of a sudden I felt now fear for the first time. <laughs> and people are like, you're not afraid of anything. Very courageous um, individual. But I tell you, the journey of entrepreneurship going from a founder to a CEO is I tell people I have hair on my chest because of those experiences. We scaled um, times seven in about eight months. So we were stretching almost monthly. Um, then we got opportunities outside of Georgia. And because of our obsession is branding and quality, I mean, I sleepless nights, but we did it. Um, we now have an amazing process to continue to scale. Now, what's it feel like the pressure of uh, making a payroll? Is that different than when you're uh, yeah, <laughs> knocking on a door in the middle yeah, of the night? Yeah, you're, from hitting, a all, domestic, you're hitting all my uh, points, brother. A domestic um, violence oh call? Which is I'll tell you a story. We, um, 
All right. So last November, we got an email to work the Super Bowl and I took a breath. Uh, we were, like I said, already scaling organically. We are referral based only. So we do not do traditional marketing. Um, we are also referral based for our providers. So that is a very hard business provider, model meaning the provider security. security guards. So we do not recruit security guards. We only grow from within. And that's how we hold our brand very close to our chest. So we got a call for, to do the Super Bowl. I looked at my bank account and the numbers were not there. So I was like, okay, we, you know, Skylar, security is an emotion, right? So you don't say no. So we said yes. So I spent my, you know, while you guys were probably, you know, hugging babies and Christmas and Thanksgiving, I didn't have a holiday. I was really trying to make sure we kicked that out the park. And so um, they did an amazing job and I met payroll. Um, thank God for net, net two, net one. Uh, the client was amazing. Um, we we were paid net three, net four. And I was when they told me it was net four, I about cried and hugged the client, like thank God. Um so now we have a system where we can we can scale and grow. Um non traditional methods, business lines and loans and things of that nature. But last November we did not have that. So you talk about pay- payroll will How many people are res- are you responsible for? Oh my goodness, a hundred and for that for that event we were at about hundred and twenty. Right. And it was on me. I am bootstrapping. Right. So on what's that feel like off the night before salary? It's called uh-huh. deplete pension. Right. I depleted right? my pension and I, I, I left the police department with twenty thousand dollars in my pocket. And if if all goes well, you know, we'll hit a million this year. I mean, I you talk about flipping you, know, you talk about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I eat a lot of those. Um, but that's to make what sure people don't can, appreciate. I don't think that a lay person doesn't understand. that pressure do they no they don't and I I don't think I don't want them to understand and I want Uh them to trust and know that their executive leadership can come through Um, we've never missed payroll in five years so but it it was different going from a police officer having a check you know you knew that check was coming and I left and I was like wow um, my shoulders got heavy and Mm -hmm. um, I just used again I'm an athlete I used that energy and just pushed it into making it happen and um, like I said, now we're in four states. I mean, you, when I really think about our story, it's it's not me. I'm just the the coach. Um, they're the the athletes. They're the ones that are really doing all the work. I'm just guiding them. So now, um, do you get to use any of that uh, athletic training? Maybe some of the principles come into <laughs> oh, yeah. play at your work. Good question. You, you have a lot of really good questions. Um, we have something that we call the Skylar Challenge, and um, we put our officers and our providers through these challenges. The Super Bowl was one of them. Um, anytime we feel that we're going to come up against a challenge, we call it a Skylar Challenge, and that was what we we call that. Obviously, one of the largest Skylar challenges that we will probably ever experience in our career. But until next Super Bowl, until <laughs> yes, Tampa, um, right? So, um, so yeah, so we um, create the Skylar challenges. Some of them are unintentional. Some of them are intentional, and. Um, Needless to say, uh, one of the the visions for this year for Skylar and myself is that we want to find the edge of our potential. And then they look at me like, really? Yes, I want to find your weakness and I'm going to push you until I see it. Then when I see it, we we get better and we continue to grow. A lot of the providers that work with us um, have a business entrepreneurship vision and idea. So I love it. Um, of the, um, our goal is to get to 200 by the end of the year. Atlanta providers, we have about 150 now, and I would probably say about 75, 80 percent of them are future business owner entrepreneurs. So I get the opportunity to push them and drive them and encourage them to keep going, and I love that. And then we're doing a, um, a security guard academy, very much like the police academy. 
So, oh, get ready. Yeah, we're going to have some fun with that. Because there's a Skylar way of doing there things. There is a Skylar way of doing things, and I preach it, I teach it, they grab it, they own it, and they do an amazing job. But that academy is not just Skylar's academy, but we're opening that up to Metro Atlanta and even the nation. Anyone that wants to get a Georgia certification that wants the Skylar way, we're not going to hold this and keep it to ourselves. We want to literally lift the city and offer those security services to our Metro Atlanta area. So now... Um making it through the Super Bowl successfully, that was a big achievement, but what do you Huge. think has been the biggest impact you've made in the community? Um, so, our first employee, um, so funny, I was um, meeting payroll, you talk about payroll, um, I, I drove around all over Georgia um, taking pictures of properties, property inspections to make our payroll when I was a police officer. A lot of people don't know that um, I didn't get a loan. I didn't have any a wealthy family to, to write a check for me. Um, and our first employee um, is still with us. And I talked to him today. And I talked to like a lot. Oh, I talked to him all the time. But there's the first five that are still with me. And to hear them talk about what Skylar has done for them as an individual. Um, I don't think there's any other motivation. Money doesn't motivate us. I've had my 15 minutes of fame already at Clemson, so I'm not looking for those things. Um, when the client says, thank you for keeping me safe, right? Um, when you when you get the call from the client and just say, we couldn't have done it without you, um, those comments are just, you know, you don't put those on websites. You know, you don't talk about those, you know, in, in, in intentional quotes. Those are the things that really kind of help you keep going day to day. So our impact into the community um, I love and um, being a police officer and seeing it from the other side is, is very impactful to me. Our heart is the community. And people say, you're so passionate, you're so community oriented. Well, I am. And that's not going to change. Um, you know, we may or may not be a unicorn. And that's not really my focus. My focus is truly looking in the eyes of the client and um, helping them be safe and then looking in the eyes of the providers and seeing that pride that they have to protect is, is game changing for us. Now, how did you get involved with the women in entrepreneurship? We, oui. so um, I was accepted into Launchpad Two X uh, about a year and a half ago, and those three days. And that's a women incubator. That is a women's incubator. Bernie Dixon, um, we call her the Dalai Lama of Atlanta. Um, very, very intelligent. I spent three days with her, and I think my face changed. Seriously, it was I three days. My I I never thought that I could manage. Remember, I, don't, I didn't have business training. I just have a good idea. How'd you even hear about it? Um, one of my colleagues, she owns an oil company, KRG Oil, Marie Hunter, my best buddy, business buddy, colleague. And she's like, I think you should really consider this. And I was like, well, you know, I'm really, head's always down, athlete, head's always down work. And I was like, I don't know if I have time. She's like, I'm telling you, I'm gonna refer you, meet Bernie. When I met Bernie, she told me that I lacked confidence. And I looked at her and I was like, you know, that before. Do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> <laughs> I said, does she know who she's talking to? Um, but but she was like, see, you're not, you're totally not even where I am. She was like, I'm not talking about confidence. You obviously have confidence. You don't suffer from that. Confidence, do you feel like you can run a $21 million company? And all of a sudden, I felt so small. And I said, honestly, if I'm honest, no. You need my class. Took her class. The question at the end was, do you feel like you can run a $21 million company? And the answer was absolutely. In three days, getting that, that knowledge, she made a referral to the We Entrepreneurship Program, um, which 
you know, we were with the um, the delegation from the Netherlands last week. We were sitting with the mayor talking about economic development in the community. And I am indebted to not only we, Launchpad and Bernie Dixon, but also Invest Atlanta and all the things, that the resources they've provided. Um, we is amazing. Can you imagine grow, spending 18 months in an incubator around other businesses that are grinding and focusing as hard. I mean, we're in the office, you know, eight o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. And you look across the way and you see your colleague head down, rocking, working, writing on the whiteboard on the walls. And you just, you good over there? Yeah, I'm good. Keep rocking. It's just something very magical about uh, we. And um, man, I, I told her I want to be a poster child. I'll tell everybody about we. I think everybody should start a business in Atlanta, uh, particularly being a minority uh, female. And even for me, being in the security industry. Um, there's not a lot of us. Um, and so I'm very proud to be in the city. I'm proud to be supported by these organizations. And um, it's important to note women start the most businesses, but there's not a lot of women that uh, have kind of million dollar businesses. And that's something I'm sure Bernie discussed. Oh, with yeah, you 2%. C- coming out of her program, there's a lot more than 2%. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, Man, I wonder what that stat looks like in Atlanta. I would love mm-hmm. to see that number. Um, but I, I tell you, um, as a way to pay back to Bernie and Athea with WE and um, Invest Atlanta with Eloisa and the whole crew, um, man, I'm rocking. We're pushing because we want to really show the nation and the world that um, Atlanta's doing some amazing things. And the incubators and the businesses are not just women sitting around painting toenails and fingernails. Like We are literally trying to change the game when it comes to women, minorities in the business. Well, if somebody went to learn more about your firm, what's the uh, coordinates? We're all over social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can look me up personally on LinkedIn um, under my full name, Jameen Moton, and um, hashtag Skylar Security. You can go on our website, www.skylarsecurity.com. Good stuff. Hang with us. Thank Got you. a couple more guests. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. You ready, Stone, for the next guest? Almost. So who else is going to be on this panel with you tonight? Everybody in this room. <laughs> All right, Miss Henry, how do you pronounce your first name? Kiera. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Did you learn anything new in that last segment? I know y'all are buddies, but did you pick up anything new in that conversation? Oh, most definitely. Um, definitely, Atlanta is the place to be for running a small business. Um, not even just a small business, but just entrepreneur ventures in general. There's a lot of support here in the city. And also, I really love what you said is just um, specializing in taking care of people. That's what really was my motivation in going into entrepreneurship and pursuing a minor in it. So you have a minor in entrepreneurship. When you started, was the entrepreneurship up and running yet? Um, I am a junior, so I believe so. Uh, but when I came into college, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind to become an entrepreneur. I really just wanted a nine to five and, you know, just... Because um, that's what I believe I could do for myself, just, you know, work. <laughs> so now you see yourself differently? Yes, uh, it's about that confidence. So there is a lot of programs at Georgia State University, like Women Lead. So I'm a alum of Women Lead, and it showed me that I can dream bigger and I can do, imagine more for myself uh, that I never thought that was possible. Why do you think that that was able to open your eyes a little bit to what could be? Well, the Women Lead program has a lot of... Um, just self-development and reflection within the program and you really get to hone in what your values are so my values are social justice and inclusion as something that is a forefront of everything that i do and it there's also programs within um 
that help you market yourself and be able to um, tell people like what you're passionate about. Now, when you were in, maybe in high school, how did you saw yourself? I'm just going to get a job, going to work, get paid. Yes. But you wanted to go to college. So, so, oh. so, uh, so what changed? Like, was it f- finding this woman lead group? Like what, what was the impetus that got you to kind of think bigger? It's really the students at Georgia State. There is kind of just this drive. So state your path is really a great motto for this university because everyone does have their own path and their own journey and seeing how hard everyone else works makes you want to work just as hard. Um, And there also a lot of great professors who are also mentors to students. They really do care about um, you finding what you want to do and pushing you to, like you said earlier, that edge of your comfort zone. And then, uh, so when you found the entrepreneurship kind of uh, institute and you started getting involved, you were involved enough to be to get your minor in entrepreneurship, yes. right? Yes, uh, so I'm still currently a student working on my minor in entrepreneurship. Uh, there's other things within E&I, so right now I'm a executive board men- member of the Collegiate Entrepreneurship Organization. It's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so in that organization, we help inspire and promote students to start their um, own ventures and give them the resources information to pursue that. Uh, there's also other organizations like Launch ESU, where it's a student incubator space where students can um, apply for mentorship and training within the space and you can work with other students and see um, what they're doing and what their needs are. And there's also, um, I believe there's like a student investors club where they manage funds so you can um, like get your business going and actually uh, right outside the door mm-hmm. <laughs> that just waved is uh, Inspire. They actually uh, work outside of lunch and I sit on their marketing board. So now, uh, do you have a venture yourself? Yes. So something that I do is uh, digital marketing. I really try to bring um, inclusivity into uh, the realm of digital marketing. Use my major of journalism and use like the journalistic style of storytelling to advertise. And then, so you do you have clients? Like, what stage of business are you at right now? Um, I do actually have a couple of clients. I am working on getting a LLC, so hopefully that will be done by the summer. So right now I work with Inspire, which is a social media startup. Mm-hmm. Um, I also work with F56 Studios and um, Brett Ellis Career Marketing Services. So now uh, now you're out to the market, so you have to have marketing stuff yourself, right? Yes. You don't want to be the cobbler's children without shoes, right? You have to <laughs> do your own marketing. How are you getting the word out about the stuff you're doing? Really, it's almost like my reputation at Georgia State precedes me. Um, other students will say, oh, I, I, even within the entrepreneurship space, if someone's like, oh, I need marketing, and they said, have you heard about Kiara and what she's doing? And it's really, um, I, it's something I never even expected that um, people are even paying attention to what I'm doing. Um, but I also have uh, social media channels, so if you would like to follow me on key underscore Henry at Instagram or my LinkedIn, um, it should be my, Ending is just Kira Henry slash. Yeah. So now, how did you get involved with women in entrepreneurship? So that was just part of through GSU. You found that group. Yes. Yeah, so actually, one of my professors, who is one of my mentors, Dr. Mansfield, I took the women lead class last semester, um, and she's been a big help in and um, just promoting me to um, just 
events like this and uh, being able to share what I'm passionate about and also build a community of other strong women around me. So now going through her program, getting involved in women uh, in entrepreneurship, now you're a panelist this evening as well? I'm not a panelist this evening. You're just attending the event? Yes, I'm just attending the event. Now what do you hope to get out of the event? Um, Really um, just being able to hear people's stories is amazing and building um, and discovering what you like to do and um, the steps you can take to get there. Uh, Something that I hold dear is adding value to every space that you're in and I believe that the stories that these women can share and the information they can give uh, will add value to the students. So now looking back at your collegiate career, I know you're in the middle of it, but is there anything that you wish before you got to college you would have done or known? when it comes to entrepreneurship or uh, kind of these women networking groups and leadership groups? I would say just to encourage other women to get into entrepreneurship. And the ways we can do that is um, really mentoring people that don't look like us. Um, and a lot of spaces, like you said, it's very limited, just especially being a mi- uh, minority woman, seeing people who look like you. Um, so finding mentors that do not like look like you um, and also bringing up other women with you as you progress through your journey. And then also just having that go for it attitude, that confidence that, um, yes, I can run a $21 million company. <laughs> um, and it, it does take a, a moment to get, but I believe with um, just bringing up those around you, uh, we can build more women into entrepreneurship. Now, why is that important to you to bring more women into entrepreneurship? Um, so I have actually been in spaces where I've been the only woman in a room and even like in a startup. Uh, and you just having different perspective is important. So even just being a journalism major, going to networking events that are intended for business students, you kind of come in with a different perspective, but that perspective is needed um, within spaces. So inevitably your experience as a woman or your experience as minorities is tied um, to your story, and that story has value in every space. So now if you were giving a tip to a business person that wants to utilize your skills as a journalist storyteller, <laughs> what tips uh, would you give someone to tell a good story? I would say if you are interviewing someone, active listening. So, and making feel, the person feel comfortable on the other side. Um, in the end, we're all human, <laughs> you know? And um, we just want to create a space where, um, or a chance just for your story to be heard because we are now at a time where there's low barriers of entry to um, having more diverse stories told, which is a beautiful thing. And there's a lot of opportunity out there to tell the stories that maybe there weren't before. Yes. And that's what you want to do is tell more stories? Yes, tell more stories um, and really just bring ethics and inclusion to the forefront of business and then once again the coordinates get a hold of you um you can follow me on my social media channel um it's key underscore henry or on my linkedin you can search me it's just kiera henry um and yeah good stuff well thank you for sharing your story today thank you for having me and keep up the good work as you can imagine lee and i both of course resonate (laughs) to a great degree with what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish and if there's anything at all we can do to help, I hope you won't hesitate to reach out. I, I think it's marvelous. Um, 
I came into the day pretty confident. You know, I'm a fairly confident guy. Some might even say arrogant. Not Jameen confident, but... I'm not Jameen confident. So, I, but I'm not as... I don't think I can run a $21 million. I, well, I, mean, I can't build a $21 million company. I can tell you time. that. Take the Bernie time. Well, the key is to start with a $100 million company. And now that I could... Then it's easy to turn it into a $20 million company. I think I could take a $100 million company and turn it into a $21 million company. This has been a very uh, inspiring, uh, informative conversation. I I love doing... This just beats the hell out of working. I just love it. And um, One I'm more. We got the headliner. Are you ready for the headliner? I am. She's uh, She's been very patient. She's been engaged the whole time. I thought I caught her taking some notes. She's been smiling the whole time. <laughs> um, please join me in welcoming to the show founder and CEO with Beyond the Classroom. Yes. And she's got to lean into that microphone. Yes. All right. Miss <laughs> Bayina Jihad, how are you and what have you learned? I'm great. I'm great. Oh my gosh. Y'all did amazing. I'm like taking notes, like, oh, my confidence is definitely the key. Um, and when you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, that's that's the challenge. I think our internal battle with ourselves are the like the most challenging things, and that confidence will skyrocket. Yes, so I definitely agree. So tell us about your venture. How are you serving folks at Beyond the Classroom? Well, Beyond the Classroom is a personalized uh, learning experience, and so we basically connect students who usually don't have access to reading materials on their grade level, and we provide them support with the literacy coach with that one-on-one connection. So we basically believe that every student should get a personalized experience in learning, and so we give them that support and we give them resources. Um, Our goal is to give them culturally relevant materials on their reading level, so it, it boosts their confidence and they can connect more with the materials. And then we give that one-on-one experience. So while the student's reading, the coach is there giving them feedback, helping them, giving them skills and strategies to continue learning. Now, is it done in person or is it done kind of virtually through? It's virtual. It's so virtual. It's all like Skype or some video yeah, Zoom. So yeah. right now we're using Zoom um, just for the connecting and the live sharing aspect. Um, eventually, we want to create our own software. So now, how does it work? How does the student even know about this? Is it through the school system, or is this kind of a private tutoring outside of the school system? So right now, we're partnering with the after-school program. Mm -hmm. And so after-school program provides the students, and we provide the service for the students. So they'll just connect on the iPad and then... So it could be out of their house, or it could be at the school? It can be anywhere. That's the beauty of the virtual aspect. And then what is, kind of walk me through what a, a class feels like from the student standpoint i log into my account and then there's a tutor waiting for me on the other end How, yeah it work? so they'll log into the zoom um we do breakout sessions right now so the student and the coach is right there and for me i feel like building a relationship with the students so the students usually get questions ask them about how was their experience today what did they learn today what was their experience at school and just making a more relationship building that relationship like build a rapport yeah building that rapport with that student um and then after that they go into their session so the literacy coach could do a mini lesson three to five minutes and basically talk about any skills or strategies that this the focus is on that week and that's to teach them to read? Teach them of reading fluently and comprehension, boost their comprehension. So is it like flashcards or is it? No, they're actually reading an actual story. That's on the iPad? That's or? on the shared platform, yep. And so they're reading the story on the iPad and it's a shared screen. So the coaches can annotate the text while they're reading, can highlight words they probably mispronounce. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they want to 
understand the word, like vocabulary. They can click on it, they can understand it, and it's just right instant there. So instant feedback to help them read independently. Now, how did, did you develop this program? This was yes. your kind of dream? <laughs> how, no. do you even, how do you even develop something like this? So the crazy thing about it, um, went through GSU, um, did Teach for America. So I had a feeling I to wanted- To be a school teacher. To be a so, school teacher. Right. Um, I, didn't, I went to TFA because uh, I went, wanted to understand history. So I took an African-American study class and I was like, oh my God, I love history. So I didn't want to pivot into like the education, college of education. So I went through TFA. Um, I was placed in a school in the South Side, Old National Heritage Elementary. <laughs> and so I was placed on the South Side and I've been there for four years. And so that experience of like every year having kids enter my classroom reading below grade level. Um, and I teach third grade. So third grade is a pivotal grade because this is testing grade, this is the grade where they're not reading to um, just to read, they're reading to understand and comprehend. Um, so just experience these students, um, particularly one student came in my classroom and he was reading on a kindergarten, first grade level. Um, and I knew I had to do something about it. So it was just me feeling like something had to change and I had to be the one to start the change. So now growing up, were you around kids that didn't, couldn't read? Yeah, it was So man. like you saw that <laughs> firsthand growing up. Exactly. Um, but you figured it out because you went <laughs> on to college and learned, right? I did, I had that support system. So I grew up in the West End. Um, reading level wasn't the highest, you know? Uh, Honestly, I don't remember, at some point, I remember being taken out for reading support when I was in elementary. I just don't remember what it was about. Um, but I think that support, that family support, that community support, I start loving, I start to love reading. And like, if you come to my house, you'll see bookshelves of books. <laughs> I just really love reading. Um, and you saw the importance of, exactly. of that, that that was exactly. kind of a make or break. If I have this skill, I can do anything. If I don't have the skill, choices become limited. Exactly. It's, it's uh, I believe it's 65% of students who can't read on grade level in fourth grade will end up either incarcerated or on public assistance. Wow. So that's, hearing that stack, you, you see, that's a, it makes you feel like, oh, I have, I have to, to do, do something. something right? Exactly. So they, their chances are basically not the highest if they can't read. And it's one out of 10 Americans are illiterate. So now you develop this program. Yeah. And then it's one thing to develop it, which is hard by itself. But now how do you kind of roll it out and get people to use it? And Yeah. Um, so for me, I wanted to target schools and then I want to target parents. Um, organizations like after school programs, Boys right. and Girls Club, and I think that's the main thing of like targeting. So right now we're on the first, we're piloting. So we're basically coming up with how to make a system that is sufficient and works. Uh, our goal is to go into schools and put it inside the classroom because as a teacher, I'm a third grade teacher, I have 20 students, you can't really give them that personalized support. Right. And so now we are able to put a technical product in front of students that give them that support and still weave in the human connection. You know, we don't have that. We have basically tech, a lot of tech and not a human connection. with Right. It. And this yeah. kind of is the bridge. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Now, when you're doing this and you're out there um, working with the kids, is it is it harder to find the kids or is it harder to find the teachers? Well, 
being a teacher, Uh um, my goal was to create a system where they can have a side hustle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a side hustle for teachers? It's a side hustle for teachers. Uh, So right now we pay teachers hourly. And so a lot of our teachers, they tutor in general. So now they have a system where they, it's more convenient. They and they can to tutor at their house. They can tutor at the well, house. I tell you right now, my mom would be all over the, My mom was a first grade teacher. And she uh-huh. took so much pride in the fact that she didn't feel like she had a lot of skills, but, but she said, by God, I can teach a kid to read. Exactly. And then she went on to be an administrator and all that. She's long since retired. But in that first maybe five to seven years, after she retired, Uh she would have jumped all over this and probably not even expected you to pay. (laughs) It's not too late. It's not too late. (laughs) She'd be a great uh, mentor. This is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. So now uh, you're piloting it right now? Yes, we are piloting it right now. So ironically, um, my background, like I told you, was never in tech, was never in business, even though my family is full of entrepreneurs. And I'm like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm okay with this nine to five teaching job. Um, and I had to do something, so I created Beyond the Classroom. And right now, because I don't have that tech background. Um, you have I, to find partners or people to help, right? Exactly. So I, the skill I learned is being an entrepreneur. I have mentors. I have different types of mentors. I have resources, um, organizations like uh, Goody Nation, Female Founder School, that's in San Francisco. Um, just trying to find programs that can help me push, give me the resource and capital. So now you're a panelist tonight? I am, I am. And what are you going to talk about? Just my journey, I think it's important. Um, a lot of people don't really hear from like early stage founders. You know, they hear about what happened at the end. Like, oh, we got that $20 million company, you know? Um, it's important to know the, the struggle and the battles and just things you have to go through while you're sort of getting to that end point. Mm-hmm. And I questioned myself. Like, I was like, why did she want to pick me? I'm just, I just started. Just started, yeah. right. But I, I understand hear that. it's a value in <laughs> right. that. Yeah, a lot of people don't. So I'm excited just to talk about my journey and um, just to learn so much from others, too. Well, so, you're, you're confident and you're hopeful. But the real question, Jameen, does she feel safe? <laughs> I'm in the room, she said. I was safe. If she's in the room, I'm safe. Trust, Trust and believe. You're in the room. I I'm feel safe. safe. I, I don't have to blink an eye. Biggest, I'm the biggest dagger, okay? <laughs> so now, um, how how's it been building your team, finding the people that believe what you believe and, and kind of getting them on board with this mission? I mean, it's a noble mission. Hmm. Um, I've been lucky. Uh it's not lucky. It's, it's doing the work. It's doing the work. It is. But look, look in the sense of not like I haven't been doing the work. I feel like I'm lucky to be graced with people who understand my passion. Um, of course, I'm still looking for other people to join the team. Um, you got Stone's mom. We got I, we got one. <laughs> one down. <laughs> one down. Um, but I'm, I'm lucky to have people in, in my corner who want to help with the mission. I think mm-hmm. when you have a social impact uh, business people want to help and they understand and you can connect with it right, right. and you'll so. find tonight a lot of people i'm sure hey i'm open let's go <laughs> <laughs> so now if somebody wanted to learn more what it's the coordinates of do you have a website where yes at? i do um bytc.us it's our website um we you can also connect with me in linkedin by you know i'm gonna spell it because i know it's you know <laughs> it's it's helpful. So B as in boy, A I Y I N A. Uh, my last name Jihad, J I H A D. And yeah, that's 
personally, you can connect. Can we all acknowledge that I said her name? You did. No, you did it. You did it correctly. It's the eighty twenty rule. You were eighty percent right. You did it right. Good job. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. No, thank it's you so for important me. work, and I'm glad you all are participating in this event, whether you're speaking or whether you're just attending. And I hope you use that time to network because there's amazing women doing yes, amazing things. Yes. Most definitely. There's also a um, networking opportunity for entrepreneur students at Georgia State campus. Um, so it's the second annual student business expo where they highlight entrepreneurs on Georgia State's campus. It is Tuesday, April 16th from three to 6 p.m. Well, I hope maybe these ladies will attend as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you all for being part of the show today. Uh, thank you for being part of the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute radio show. It, it's important that we spotlight the good work that's being done in this community. Uh, we appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you for so having me. All right, this is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Georgia State University's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute radio show.